Welcome to Burn It All Down. It's the feminist sports podcast you need. I'm co-host Brenda Elsie, and while we're still on vacation for June, um, I get to step in this week and do a little special mini episode. We will be back uh, real soon in July with regularly scheduled content. When the Kentucky Derby doping scandal involving winner Medina Spirit and his trainer Bob Baffer erupted in May, like a lot of people, I didn't really understand what on earth was happening. So I talked to three experts in the horse racing world, and an entire universe unfolded that I never knew existed. So buckle up, flamethrowers, for a story about sex, drugs, and hay. Medina Spirit, a thoroughbred foal, was born on April 5th, 2018 to Protonico and Mongolian Changa in Ocala, Florida. Medina Spirit boasts a decent pedigree, including Secretariat, who still holds the fastest Kentucky Derby time from 1973. But Medina Spirit's parents hadn't performed up to expectations, and he simply didn't look like a winner. At auction, he fetched a mere $1,000, which is chump change in horse racing. Top yearlings can sell well into the millions. A year in, Medina Spirit started to show potential, what trainers call precocity, competitiveness and speed, and he became a good fit to help his cohort train. We are bound originally by Protonico at a Magnolian Changa by Brilliant Speed, subject to the Florida sales tax. Spoken. Who get 20? 20. Word spread about the colt, and Saudi venture capitalist Amr Zidan snatched him up for $35,000. At 35, thanks, Wood. 37, see you down the road. 35, 37, and I have Ralph. 35,000. Two-year-old thoroughbred prices range pretty widely, topping out at $16 million dollars but by all accounts, $35,000 is well below the average. Here's Amr Zadan on Dubai Racing. He showed uh, signs of, of ability all the way when we picked him up in the sale. If you really take a deep dive uh, into his pedigree, it, it screams distance. The Dark Bay Colt is named after Zadan's home city of Medina, one of the holiest sites in Islam, and the horse's grandmother, Alpha Spirit. Quite a divine name. Uh, he showed a heart that is bigger than bigger than himself. So he, he just refuses for anyone to pass him. Zidane then sent Medina Spirit, along with his first string horses, to legendary trainer Bob Baffert. And if there's one thing to say about Bob Baffert, he, he, he's an artist. He is someone that just, just, just feels it. Under Baffert, Medina Spirit just kept outrunning his better-bred competitors and he qualified for the Kentucky Derby because of the points he earned in lead-up races. Still, Medina Spirit was maybe Baffert's number four or five horse. Then... Today, news broke that one of the top Kentucky Derby contenders, life is good, undefeated for Hall of Famer Bob Baffert, announced he is off the Derby trail. The undefeated life is good, who was poised to win the Triple Crown, was sidelined by an injury just before the Kentucky Derby. As much as we talk about Kentucky Derby, we talk about Bob, how deep is his bench still, even without life is good? This was Medina Spirit's chance to take the Derby a first-place prize of $1.86 million. Bob Baffert will be in Kentucky for the Kentucky Derby this year. It's a question of what's his, what's his biggest bullet. 
Still, the experts didn't focus on Medina's spirit, even as a dark horse contender. On May 1st at Churchill Downs Racetrack in Louisville. 19 three-year-olds all in line and ready for the start. They're off in the Kentucky Derby. A 12 to 1 odds, unfavorite. Medina Spirit's win was truly a Cinderella story. Coming to the final furlong, Mandaloon fighting for the front. Medina Spirit battles on. Hot Rod Charlie on the outside. Essential quality on the far outside. The four of them coming to the finish in the Kentucky Derby. Here's the wire. Bob Baffert does it again. Medina Spirit has won the Kentucky Derby. Mandaloon was second. Hot Rod what does it mean to set the record now, Bobby? It's the seventh time. Nobody's ever won this many times. I, I just can't believe it hasn't sunken in yet. But The know, horse racing community blew up with analysis and speculation following the Derby. The, the funny thing is, I suppose, going into the race, hardly anyone was, was talking about your cult. Bloggers wondered, maybe it was the brilliance of John Velasquez, the Puerto Rican jockey that many consider among the all-time greats. He's an idol for us in Puerto Rico. Um, he's one of the best ever. Or was it just the Bob Baffert touch? Well, it goes to show if you overlook a horse in the Kentucky Derby that is trained by Hall of Famer Bob Baffert, there's a good chance he'll make you look foolish. How had so many who knew so much about horse racing ignored Medina Spirit? But that little horse he wanted today, I mean, that's it. He doesn't know how much he costs, but you know what? What a little racehorse. He's, he was all racehorse today. But the Cinderella story took a tumble when Medina Spirit failed a post-derby drug test for steroid use. Happening right now on w Drug test that Medina Spirit failed after winning the Kentucky Derby. The horse tested positive for a banned steroid after winning the Derby. The horse was busted for doping. A methazone, an anti-inflammatory, which is prohibited on race day at Churchill Downs. After a second sample came back positive for beta-methazone, which is prohibited at any level on race day in Kentucky, Maryland, and New York, the sanctions, the lawsuits, and recriminations began. The horse, all he did was run fast. He did what he was supposed to do, okay? That's Joe Drape, an expert on horse racing who covers the sport for the New York Times and has written multiple books on the sport's history. You know, you can't really discount his achievement, but the humans around him failed him. And if it was an accidental dosage, that doesn't matter. The rules are the rules. If they did something intentionally, that's terrible. For a medical perspective on beta-methazone, I spoke with Dr. Megan Kerford, a racetrack veterinarian who specializes in horse sport injuries. Uh, sometimes with racehorses, uh, just like human athletes, uh, pro football players, a good example, they get wear and tear in their joints and they get arthritis. And so then we inject the joint. So commonly in horses, uh, we use beta-methazone. It has a very strict 14-day withdrawal which means it takes 14 days to exit the horse's system. In Bob Baffert's case, they were using a topical ointment with beta-methasone in it, and the withdrawal is different for topical versus if you give it uh, intra-articularly, which means in the joint or in the muscle, it's different. It absorbs differently through the skin. So the amount that the horse had um, probably did not affect how he ran. Now, the rules clearly state you can have no beta-methasone in your system, regardless of how the horse got it in their system. In horse racing, medications are so harshly regulated, not only to keep the playing field even, 
but to prevent serious injury to horses who really aren't healthy enough to be racing. We do not want to mask any pain. So if a horse is running and they feel pain, we want them to stop before they have what we call a catastrophic injury, which is a breakdown on the racetrack. Like a human will stop. If I'm in a race and I'm like, oh, my knee hurts, I'm going to stop. A horse won't. They will keep running. Which is why PETA, among others, have blamed doping, even drugs that can't be detected, on keeping horses running even when they shouldn't. So I wondered to myself, has racing always been so grueling for the horse? Had it always been like this? Some listeners may just really be shocked (laughs) at what the 19th century demanded. In short, yes. I asked Dr. Catherine Mooney, an associate professor of history at Florida State University and author of Race Horse Men, How Slavery and Freedom Were Made at the Racetrack. How do you compare today's horse racing with the past in terms of the the physical demands on the horse? Uh, Well, first of all, they were racing horses older. So they were more likely to race four and five-year-olds or even six-year-olds or older and the highest prestige prizes before, say, the 1890s were heat racing, where it was, you know, best of however many. And the sort of most prestigious races were four-mile heat races. Theoretically, your horse could be going 12 miles in one day. So the, the differences in what we demand in terms of distance are obviously just like worlds, worlds, worlds apart. Today, the most prestigious events are dash races, one-time short sprints. It's why some consider the Kentucky Derby the most exciting two minutes in sports. But according to Dr. Mooney, young horses competing in dash races has its own set of issues. How fast is this horse being asked to go? How is the horse being bred to encourage precocity um, and also trained and developed to encourage precocity at a very young age so that, you know, the horse may still have physical vulnerabilities and be, you know, less able because it's still growing to stay healthy while, while competing at, at that speed, even on shorter distances. Another thing that has sort of changed, but sort of not in horse racing is who it's for. Horse racing has been the sport of royalty since ancient times. In the U.S. antebellum period, horse racing relied on slave labor. And while that has changed, the sport is still a site of elite elbow rubbing and grossly expensive women's hats. So it shocked some to see Bob Baffert, who seems more like a sunglassed silver fox mafioso than British royalty, become the winningest trainer in the history of the Kentucky Derby with Medina Spirit's win. But Medina Spirit's positive test isn't Baffert's first doping violation. In fact, Baffert has had five horses test positive for banned substances just this year alone. In the weeks after the Kentucky Derby, Baffert appeared across the news media to defend his multiple violations, and he showed a flair for explaining away his horse's tests. Here he is on Dan Patrick's show. In the last uh, couple of years, I've had some like justify was the big one he had he ingested uh scopolamine which it comes in the hay i hadn't i couldn't prevent that and we resolved that it was it was a bad headline uh i had a a groom that urinated at he had covid and after he's getting over he urinated in the stall and the horse ate it it was a cough uh medicine we resolved that uh 
you know, things like that happen because they're testing at these really extremely low levels. Saturday Night Live even did Ace get mocking Baffert's presence. Sure, Bob. So your horse tested positive for steroids, but you deny any involvement? Of course I deny it, Michael. Bob Baffert's not stupid. I, I don't cheat. Do I look like a shady character to you? Honestly, yes, Bob. Yes, you do. I think if people got to know him, you'd see Medina Spears. He's actually a really cool guy. Normal horse. Check it out. He's got everything a normal horse has. Throbbing muscles, back knee, a perfect square Zac Efron jaw, baseball bat shaft, pea-sized ball. <laughs> you call that a normal horse? Yes, Michael. And here he is on vacation. Well, is he at a Mexican pharmacy? Oh, so now a horse can't party? Come on, Michael. And here he is hitting his 73rd home run. <laughs> Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash blue wire to start hiring today. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So now that we have the tests in, Medina Spirit may have his Kentucky Derby win retracted. What has happened here with Medina Spirit is he's now confirmed that the drug tests failed, two of them. Uh, they go to a hearing. He's likely to get disqualified. That means Mr. Zenden, the owner, does not get the 1.8 first place check. Uh, nor does Bafford and the jockey get their 10% of that. As far as I understand, a lot of this finance is about recouping losses because these owners don't actually necessarily care most about profits. Is that right? Yeah, I, I got a good anecdote about that. Jerry Moss, who won a derby with Giacomo and owned probably the greatest race mare of our time, Zenyatta. He started A&M Records, okay? He's got beautiful things and palaces all over. And he's a really nice down-to-earth guy, a guy from the Bronx. And he said, with all my success in horse race, I've never made a dime in it. And he says, anybody who tells you they're going to make money in horse racing is lying to you. And there's a saying, you know, how do you become a millionaire in horse racing? You start as a billionaire. And... Uh, <laughs> And, you know, and I, I have owned horses. Yeah. And I have owned horses throughout the years. And really, all you want to do is, you know, get some money back. It's a lot like gambling on them. 
I guess the dream, it's like playing the lottery ticket is if you can buy, own, breed a Kentucky Derby winner, boom, you know, there's, there's your 30 million, there's your 60 million. And I think that's the dream that drives guys and women with money. I mean, Trump owned a horse at one point, Steinbrenner owned a bunch, uh, there's sheiks, there's all kinds, and it's their ego, but no matter how successful they were and whatever they did before, you know, they're brought to their knees by horse racing because it's not, it's not a, a game that you can put a system on. I mean, it's nature. And historian Catherine Mooney agreed. More than money is at stake in horse racing. And horses aren't just horses. But an animal who is understood to represent you is competing. And in that sense, I think it's a really powerful way of sort of suggesting, hey, I didn't get to be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly rich and live on Fifth Avenue because somehow the world is unfair. I got to be in this position because I actually deserve it because I'm a winner, right? And if only you were a winner, you could be in my position too, right? I mean, it's, it's one of the great sort of displays of ostensible meritocracy in this weird by proxy way. And that means that the horses themselves come to represent all sorts of things about, you know, their masculinity and their identity and their power and, you know, whatever. And that means that the horses in a weird way end up not as tools, but as alter egos. But as a winning owner, what was it like? Well, well. Again, Amr Zadan on Dubai Racing. It's really emotional to sum it all up. But at the same time, you know, as, as a parent, uh, my boys are young and, 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 and my daughter, everyone's just so proud of it. It's just a legacy you'd like to leave. You'd like to leave something that, that's, that's, that's intangible, something that you just can't acquire. So maybe actually winning races is for the ego and recouping losses from those races is just part of the business, which most owners do by breeding. Top studs can make up to 250000 a breeding session. In other words, to have sexual intercourse with a mare. This can be three times a day, and they can be flown all over the world to mate. But to get that kind of clout, it's necessary for the horses to be seen and succeed in major stake races. And that's likely what Medina Spirit will be doing in the near future. On top of the intense breeding and doping, there are other concerns about horse racing that have surfaced over the past few years. There have been a spate of catastrophic accidents, and maybe most puzzling and striking was during the 2019 winter spring meeting where 30 horses died at Santa Anita, a prominent racing track. Another horse has died at the Santa Anita racetrack in Southern California. So dying at racetracks is not uncommon. Four-year-old Colt has died while training at Santa Anita racetrack today. 30th horse death yesterday here at the park. The four Just this summer, Santa Anita's had three fatalities, including a horse named Pushing 60. The chestnut filly was exiting a far turn when it fractured her left front ankle. The injury was considered too severe for recovery and pushing 60 was euthanized. That was the 11th racing or training death at Santa Anita since the meeting started in December 2020. So I wondered to myself, could the sport even survive these tragic accidents and these scandals? I mean, 
I hear more about the scandals and problems in horse racing at this point than about horse racing itself. Well, Congress is actually trying to help. At the end of 2020, Congress passed and the president signed the Horse Racing Integrity and Safety Act. It's actually a piece of cross-party legislation that is supposed to take effect on July 1st, 2022. And the act demands standards and conditions for thoroughbred racing because of the tragedies. Also to make uniform the medication rules and regulations, because currently the rules on substances are set at the state level, which to describe as chaotic would be a gross understatement. Regardless of Congress's actions, it's the stakeholders that may in fact force reform. And by stakeholders, I mean the original source of the term, the gamblers. A group of gamblers, or as Joe puts them, horse players, called betting betters, has filed a class action lawsuit against Baffert. Horse players and horse players, which I count myself among, are a cranky, erudite bunch. And, you know, it's not just about the money, it's about being right. And if you're right, you get rewarded. So, you know, for those of us who bet on Mandaloon, the second place horse, and, you know, several million dollars worth of it, we don't get our money back. The Medina Spirit has been paid. And that money's already been spent, likely, by various bettors on that. So, you know, a group came together and sued both him, Baffert, the owner, and in another case, Churchill Downs, for the money they lost. Given everything that has occurred, you might think our experts would feel conflicted and concerned about the continuation of the sport itself. I have... And you'd be right. I bring mixed feelings. Here's Catherine Mooney. So speaking as a historian, I would say that our understanding of animals as, you know, to be cherished and to be sort of cosseted that way and not to be work animals is such a relatively new idea that, you know, to historicize it is probably helpful, right? But, and also I would say as, as somebody who has spent a lot of time very happily with performance horses who are very well taken care of, um, I know plenty of horses who love to compete, you know, who are just like, I'm going to show you something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to really like this. And I don't, I don't want them to lose that, but that doesn't mean that I don't sympathize with what I think is the very sincere desire to protect those animals. And that has to be at the core of everything we do. Veterinarian Dr. Megan Kerford emphasized that scandal is not the defining feature of the sport. I honestly think we're heading in the right direction. Like it's really been cleaned up. And I just hope we, I hope that what's happened recently doesn't taint. I hope the actions of one person doesn't taint the view of all the wonderful people in the horse industry that are following the rules and are trying to do everything correct and love their animals. And for Joe Drape, the future of horse racing is at a pivotal moment. You know, I like it sort of as a fan. I started following horse racing long before I ever became a reporter. I grew up going to the tracks. I've been to 140 of them in like 12 countries. Uh, I don't want it to go away, but it can't sustain this level of corruption. I mean, we didn't even mention the 27 trainers and vets who got indicted for doping horses you know, in the beginning of 2020 and are going through the federal system right now. So uh, I hope this is the final wake-up call and 
it can't sustain this way, but we'll see. The horse should have an innate dignity and an innate right to safety and to, I mean, I don't know if it sounds overly sentimental, but to happiness or to contentment. Horses captivate people. Artists see them as challenges. Authors like William Faulkner tested human nature in their relationships to the animal and the ancients made them into demigods. Our language is littered with euphemisms. We use horsepower, we get Charlie horses. We hope to hear things straight from their mouths. As for Medina's spirit, his urine samples are crisscrossing the country, literally on planes traveling to testing labs as part of the legal wranglings, which are sure to go on for months, if not years. But it's nice to think that he's oblivious to it all. This episode was produced by Tressa Verstig, our web editor is Shelby Weldon, and music is by Ketza.